Okay, kids, it's time for another episode of the Field by Weird podcast, the only podcast that doesn't like to waste time shaving. I'm Chris Daly, and today I have the pleasure of chatting with someone I've wanted to talk to for a long time and creator of one of my favorite indie comics, Apex Cybernetic Samurai Al, Mr. Kenny Aiken. Kenny, how's it going, man? Good, how you doing? Doing great. Very happy to have you here. It's glad that we could finally kind of meet face-to-face, finally. I know. Well, yeah, kind of face-to-face, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been, I think it's been a long time coming, I think. Yeah, for sure. Most definitely. So very excited we could finally make it happen. All right. So since this is kind of the first time we're really meeting, you know, other than just chatting back and forth, um, and usually I like to start things off with an icebreaker question. So what I'm going to ask today, um, if you were an athlete, what would you choose as your walkout song? Walkout song. <laughs> that's that's a that's a loaded question. That's a tough uh, one. <laughs> that is a I one. I had a hard time picking one. That's a that is a hard one. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, if I was a professional athlete, so I guess uh, yeah, that's some hard hitting, right? It doesn't uh, have to be. Let's go. Uh, let's go. Fight fire with fire by Metallica. Ooh, that's a good one. That's very respectable choice. I think for me, I'd if I had to narrow it down, it would be a song by the fictional band Death Clock. Um, and I would pick their song called Comet Song. It hits very super hard. And that definitely is one that when I'm feeling in a mood to get pumped up, that's a song that pumps me up. So you'll have to check that one out. It's so, so, so good. I don't know if I've heard that. I've, I've, you know, I, I've probably heard which album is that on? uh the death album too okay that's you know i just kind of discovered wait which one of the albums i, I totally missed somehow mm-hmm. i just realized i missed it because I, I see that there's mermaid or three yeah that's a new I, one i was like wait a minute what where was mermaid or two so i was like okay hold on a second so i had to go back and like i was like oh wait there was a mermaid or two so yeah i must have missed an album somewhere in there but Mer- mermaid or two is on the same album as comet song okay I'll, i'm gonna have that's the album i missed then yeah, Mer- Mermaid or Three is brand new. It's an album that just barely came out, but all the albums are. I think it's Death Album One, Two, and Three. Yeah, or and Four. Four oh. just came out. I'm waiting for my my, uh, my DVD to get here. I can order the DVD for the new movie. So for the new movie, I haven't seen it yet. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> forever, I can't wait to see it. Yeah, I'm. I'm it, I mean, if you didn't know, I'm like kind of like a metalhead. So. Oh, dude, and for my birthday, early tattoo, early birthday present. That's sick, dude. The Death Clock gear. I love it. Yeah, man. It's awesome. Love it. But yeah, the movie, not to spoil anything, but the movie wraps up everything very nicely. That's it's good. Uh, that's so good. Because it wasn't it wasn't wrapped up. I was like, it wasn't. They canceled it. And it was like they were just getting like to the good part. Yeah, they mean they left Doomstar with a huge cliffhanger. So I'm like, what the hell? Right. Yeah. That's like yeah, we actually uh talked to Brendan not too long ago, and yeah, he was he was pretty excited to finally get the story finished. He's like I already know the ending of the story, so I'm good. But right. glad I finally get to share it with you guys. That's super <laughs> cool. Yeah, I'm gonna actually gonna see that next month at uh, Aftershock. So it'd be pretty cool. Oh, the Baby Clock tour. Uh, yeah, they're they're gonna be at Aftershock for uh in Sacramento, um, first weekend of October. Ah, nice. Yeah, and, and Baby Metal awesome. too. Yeah, Baby Metal too. They're all kind of fans. Megadeth, uh, Avenged Sevenfold, uh, Tool. I mean, just, just anybody who's anybody, I guess. That's awesome. I know Tool's coming here um, pretty soon because we just recently got a, an event center that could host concerts like that. Usually you have to drive like four hours away, but we just got one here and we just recently had um, Falling in Reverse and Ice Nine Kills and a couple of other bands, Catch Your Breath and Our Last Night. So, so good. It was a great show. Yeah, they actually came to the town um, town here. I, I live out, outside of town, but uh, they came to Ice Nine Kills and... Uh... Falling in Reverse came to Reading. Reading the, pop, the popular monster tour, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was pretty cool because we don't ever get anything like that here either. Yeah. So usually it's like a four hour drive to go see stuff like that. So yeah. So you, so you feel my pain. Yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah. yeah. yeah we got to go. I got, I mean, if I want to go to concerts, conventions, I mean, it, you name it, I have to drive forever. Yeah. There's actually, there's stuff. actually four hours, four hours north or four hours, I think uh southeast i think and so there's four hours either way you can go to big stuff that's the closest for me but they're starting to bring more stuff here which is cool 
That's cool. Yeah, that's, that's kind of cool. where we're at too. Like four four hours from anything, anything big. And then you know we have the little stuff every once in a while, but which is yeah. cool. I mean, I, I'm okay with it. I think it's fine. Yeah, but it's it's always cool to have it. You know, closer. That's not not a bad yeah. thing. Yeah, totally. Cool. All right. Well, uh, moving on. Um, so with the concept of fueled by weird, basically it's all the things that you're into the, you know, your hobbies, your interests, the things that, you know, make you who you are is what fuels your weird. So what are some of the things that fuel, fuel your weird, Mr. Aiken? Oh man. Um, I like reading comics. That's not, um, I wouldn't be much of a comic book creator if I didn't like reading comics, I guess. Um, True. So I don't spend a whole lot of time reading comics so much these days unless I'm like looking for some specific idea that I like latched onto, you know, way back in the day that I, you know, kind of want to, you know, refresh my memory on or something like that. But uh, yeah. comics, uh, anime, uh, music, is, uh, music's always been like a huge passion of mine, even though I'm not super uh, proficient at music. Uh, I try, I have probably more guitars than somebody should own at my skill level. Uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah, music. Uh, what else? Anime's anime's cool. Um, I'm also a linguist. I, I speak uh, a little bit of Japanese. I know you've been kind of working on learning Japanese. That's cool. Yeah. So I'm I'm about uh, about I want to say probably there's there's like for for a certain there's a certain test called the JLPT, and uh, for that test there's five levels five through one. Yeah. I'm probably about. A, four and a half maybe a three so oh, nice. halfway yeah that's cool uh, it's kind of tough here because there's nobody to talk to uh, so yeah. constantly listening to like news programs and you know really dry boring stuff to um, pick up kind of that uh natural speaking i guess you would kind of say because like yeah. anime doesn't really do it anime is kind of uh a lot of slang a lot of weird things that you wouldn't really hear in real life so I try to like casual conversation kind of yeah maybe even taking that to another step step past that which kind of um I don't want to learn bad habits so kind of that kind of thing so uh, that makes sense weird weird things um I guess that's probably about it I mean you know grew up in the 80s 90s so I mean it's kind of same right so I mean it's kind of I mean you ask anybody from that time period you know the shit used to get beat up for you know, yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> like cartoons, like comics, like heavy metal, you know, shit like that. You know that you used to get beat up for. It's kind of kind of cool now. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, that kind of stuff. And the fun part is, all the people that think it's cool are the people that made fun of you when you liked it originally. There you go, right there. <laughs> I guess it's not really funny, but you know, it is what it is. It's um, exactly. And I didn't really know you were in anime that much. I myself am just recently getting into anime so we're gonna have to have a whole separate conversation about that because we just need i need more people to talk anime with because right, right. like i'm just barely getting into um one piece nice, nice. i've gotten into it. i've gotten into a bunch of other ones but one piece is the is the new hotness for me right now and i haven't watched the live action yet because i wanted to watch the anime first and so i wanted to get through all of the anime that the season one of the live action covers and i've got a little way i think i'm only 25 episodes into the anime but I've, I've got a little ways to go but it's i like it a lot so far nice yeah i've been uh i think uh the last one i started and haven't gotten too far into with naruto it's been a while since i started that but i think i got like 65 episodes in i'm like this is a lot there's a lot of shit going on <laughs> so i kind of got discouraged by that kind of backed out of that one for a bit but uh yeah i like a lot of the old old stuff uh I mean, obviously, Akira. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie. Um, I've started. I haven't finished it yet. It's a masterpiece. Uh, Bubblegum Crisis is huge. Uh, some of these, like, kind of, I don't want to call them underground because I think to me they're huge, right? Yeah. yeah. The 80s, like, you know, cyberpunk style, you know, uh, anime stuff that's just really cool. Um, Gundam. Uh, what else? Uh, Robotech is cool. Uh, if you're into that kind of like, romance drama kind of it's, it's a, almost plays out like a soap opera kind of in a way mm-hmm. macros it's kind of it's kind of crazy it's cool though. Right, right now with enemy i'm kind of open to kind of whatever just because i don't really know i think the oldest one i've seen and it, i guess it's not really that old but um cowboy bebop is probably the oldest one i've seen and i awesome. love cowboy bebop <laughs> so, well, i haven't 
finished. I actually, actually, that's when I finished either. I think I got about halfway through it. I think, and it's kind of one of those things. Like I have this, I have this kind of tendency to like, if there's something I really, really, really super like, uh, I like to savor it. And uh, mm -hmm. one example being is obviously Cowboy Bebop, but uh, Earthbound, the video game. Mm -hmm. uh, for years, I didn't beat the game because I didn't want it to fit, want it to end, and I didn't want to finish it. So I got kept getting the same point over and over and over again and stopping and then finally one time i'm like you know i need really just need to beat this thing um so i can move on to the next game because obviously uh, <laughs> other three is the, the next one in the series and uh, yeah. i haven't i haven't really gotten too far into that one yet either but it's kind of like the thing of cowboy bebop i'm like man this is just really good you know it's really really awesome and i really like the live action i think it got unnecessary hate honestly i haven't seen it so i, I can't i can't say I, but i do know like it's it's kind of one of those things where like it, it, sometimes criticism's probably un, unfounded, but it's obviously yeah. you can't make a carbon copy of the thing. Otherwise, it would just be the same right. thing. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I try not to listen to any anybody yeah. that's really good or bad because generally these days it seems like you have a group of people that's either super all about it and will destroy you if you like it, or destroy yeah. you if you don't like it, and then you have the other group that absolutely hates it. And will destroy you if you like it. So it's yeah. just like you know, I'll just form my own opinions about things and like what I like, and you know, it's kind of the old damn if you do and damn if you don't, right? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it was good. I mean, obviously, you can't translate everything from anime because they do some crazy stuff in anime, but yeah. they do change a few of the things. You know, they kind of speed up how some of the characters interact and meet with each other, and they change a little bit of it, but you know, still for the most part makes sense, and it worked really well. And I thought the live the live action version of ed was fantastic ed's probably it? one of my favorite characters so did they do it in episode format is that yeah um and i think they kind of covered kind of like with with what i've heard they do with the one piece live action is they'll take one episode but they'll cover they'll take one episode of live action and cover several episodes of the anime okay but so I, I, I don't think I don't think the Cowboy Bebop one was quite as strict to the the original content as the One Piece one was. So okay. they weren't they weren't super they didn't stick to the story as much. They did kind of improvise a lot of their own stuff, but it still kind of made sense. I mean a lot of this a lot of the main parts were still there and a lot of the big characters are still there. They did change up how some of the stuff works, but I still think it it ended up okay. Yeah, so yeah, I think uh, when you condense stuff like that too, when you condense the story, it could, it could go, it could go sideways, right? So yeah, yeah I'll, I'll definitely have to check it out. Uh, it's I, it's I, worth a watch at least once. I wouldn't want to be in a position where somebody said, "Hey, here's," I mean, I don't know. I guess you're getting, I guess if it was your payday. I mean, I guess yeah, you know, if they offered me, "Hey, here's a hundred grand," you know, go make, go remake this into, you know a new uh or remake this to a live action rapper yeah. okay cool let's go but at the same time i'd be a little nervous because you know yeah, for sure it's a, bit, it's a big um it, you know there's a lot of people looking forward to that kind of stuff so yeah you know. if you know you hear your favorite you know whatever's being adapted to live action whether it's you know whatever it's it's real tough to you know you have to be faithful to the source material or else you're going to get lambasted right right totally all right. So, yeah, like I said, you know, we could talk about anime all day, but we've got a whole nother show we could do anime talk on. It, and we definitely will now that I know you're into anime. Oh, shit. So um, what I want to do now is kind of get into talking about, you know, you know, like I mentioned before, you write, you draw one of my favorite comics, Apex Samurai, Apex, Cyber, Apex Cybernetic Samurai Al. Holy cow. I can't get that out today. Um, I want to talk to you about how you got into writing and how you got into art in the first place. Okay. Um, where where do we start here? Uh, there's so many there's so many origin stories because it just I guess it just kind of depends on where you start, right? Uh, okay. Sure. So I guess we'll just start around. Uh, I guess. Well, well, what what came first, the art or the writing? Always the art. The art. I've always been okay. art first. Um, I've always kind of had a, a kind of a creative thing. I'll, my my first um, my first dip into like comics and like you know that kind of thing was X Men, uh, the cartoon back when you know back in the nineties, whatever. Uh, yep. Mm -hmm. uh, my dad was huge into uh, huge into X-Men uh, when he was a kid when, uh, you know back when my, my grandmother would take us uh, you know 
XN number one and, you know, rip it apart and uh, clean windows with it. And, uh, oh. you know, <laughs> oh, man. that's the reason why it's worth so much money now. Right. Cause there is yeah, that. Because sure. you know? everybody's mom was, you know, Oh, this is junk. We just, you know, we clean windows with that stuff, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, that's what you did, you know, you took news, newsprint stuff like that. You cleaned your windows with it with Windex and that kind of thing. So that's where all the X-Men are um, in the garbage. So, um, yeah, so I was in X Men pretty big. The cartoon was huge. Um, obviously, then Batman the animated series came came on after that. Um, yeah. We had a lot of money when I was a kid, so comic books were kind of not really a thing that we bought because they, they were kind of expensive to buy. Um, so when I first got a comic book, I think it was like I think I was like twelve or something like that. And uh, the first comic book I got was like this X Men. Um, it was the gatefold cover for X Men One. Jim Lee one. Oh yeah. Came from some like um, somebody got it from Toys R Us and had three books in it. It was like one, two, and three, and uh, they were like sealed in this hard plastic thing, like super hard to get into. Yeah. And so that was my first first uh, comic book. So then I, I got my wisdom teeth pulled out when I was like twelve or something, like twelve or thirteen, and uh, I got this uh, Batman. Oh, wait, it's, it's so hard. All these traumatic things happening all all. <laughs> No, no, no. I stabbed myself in the eye with a pencil by mistake. In, in oh, grade. man. So I was doing this thing with, where, you know, your, your jeans rip and you get those like little uh, strings in your, in, your, uh, in your pants or whatever. I started breaking mm. my pencil and I kept like putting more and more in there in class. I'm like trying to get more, you know, see how many I can break in one, one hole with the pencil. Yeah. And actually it got so hard, I pulled it and boom, stabbed myself right in the eye with the pencil. Dude. And, uh, luckily I missed all the important stuff. So it was not, wasn't a big deal. But yeah. uh, afterwards, after my mom took me to the eye doctor to get the, uh, the lead pulled out of the, the loose lead pulled out of my eye, uh, she took me and bought me some Batman comics. That was the first time I ever read Batman. It was around the time when uh, Bane was uh, real big, kicking uh, the shit out of Batman. Batman. Like the, night, the Nightfall stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That one cover where uh, Batman's like drowning. He's just his head on the cover and he's like going under the water. Yeah. So cool. Like, it was such a cool thing. Uh, I was like, Batman's like, you know, because when I was a kid, I was like, Batman was always kind of like invincible to me, right? Yeah. Like we see him like the old old school Batman cartoons and stuff, or not cartoons, but uh, you know, Batman the animated series and then kind of the uh, old, you know, nineteen sixty Batman TV show. Yeah. He's kind of he's kind of invincible, right? Even though he's right. like, even though he's not, and you just see him on the cover, he's like drowning. I'm like, wow, that's like, you know, that's pretty intense stuff, right? Yeah. So kind of really drew me in too. And then, uh, so I started drawing a lot, you know, draw, trying to draw comic books and creating my own characters and stuff like that when I was like, you know, young teenager, um, you know, before I started going out and, you know, doing regular teenager stuff like sports and um, chasing girls and stuff like that. But uh, yeah. I kind of fell out of it after, you know, after I was like 16, 17, I just went right to work after, after high school and uh, just kind of forgot about it. And you know, years went by. 2015, I, I was, uh, I just, uh, basically, I, I, I uh, long story short, I broke my neck and my back, uh, and I was just having, so I retired from my job. I was a truck driver at the time, and, uh, well, delivery driver anyways, and uh, gotcha. I was like, I'm going to get back into art and, you know, start doing that stuff, so I started oil painting, or acrylic painting first, and then that progressed in oil painting, and I'm like, well, I want to make a comic book, so I'm like, Drawing, drawing, you know, uh, coming up with ideas. And eventually, Apex was created as kind of a uh, kind of like a. I was going to do webtoons. Was my original uh, my original thought was going to do webtoons. I was like, I just don't want to get too big, right? Like, make it too big of a project yeah. where I can't manage it. Uh, obviously, that didn't work out. Cause here I am. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, so Garrett Gunn, as you know, Garrett Gunn is from from where I am from. Yeah. And, uh, so he's a real good friend of mine. He's like, why don't you just make a comic book? But comic books are like way cooler. Like, and I, you know, and I'm watching him, and he's like, you know, I'm looking up to him because he's doing all this shit too, right? But he's doing it like, he's been doing it for a while. He's got a couple comic books out, and like, it, you know, he's doing yeah. that stuff. I'm like, all right, fine, you know, fuck it. So finally, I start doing it, and I start drawing it myself, and I'm like, I'm just so picky about everything. So I'm like, you know what? I just resist Garrett for so long because it's just like, hey, you know, just hire somebody to do the art, just, you know, do whatever else you want to do in there. Yeah. And finally, I was like, you know what? Fine. 
find me an artist and we'll and, and I'll do it because I'm never gonna get this thing down. I think nine months went by and I had drawn more than like ten pages. And uh, I just kept throwing everything out. I'm like, I don't like this. I drew a page, throw it out, draw a page, throw it out. And then uh, finally I hired Brian. Um, and then Brian's just kind of kept me on track this entire time because he hands me hands and pages and then I color them and then I send them off to Justin for letters and it's just such a more streamlined process, you know. So yeah, Garrett's a good dude. We actually talked to him for the very first episode of this show, and he's amazing guy. He's super cool. Yeah, I haven't seen him forever. He uh, he moved to Michigan. I think Michigan it was. Yeah. Uh, but uh, like right around the time the pandemic uh, happened, uh, we were going to we were going to college together, and we were just screwing around in like ceramics class and like just doing all kinds of stupid shit. And uh, once the pandemic happened, like I hadn't really seen him in a long time, and then uh, it's so hard to keep in touch with people online. I'm just not really. Yeah, for sure. It's such a weird thing, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, even you know, even when even when you're you know close to people and you like message them, and it's just like, you know, my my best friend lives you know two blocks down the road, and I don't anytime I message them a lot online, I'm like, this is just weird, you know. Yeah, I I yeah. I, I get think it's, I think it's like I I think it's probably more of a problem for people our age that are I, I don't know how old you are, but I'm forty. I'll be I'll be thirty nine the end of this month actually. So you're about to age me, so yeah. we're kind of like, you know, you knew what it was like communicating with people before the internet and before yeah. text messaging, before all that shit, and yeah. now you have that other way, and it's like the old way just it just feels more natural, I guess. Yeah. So you know, get off my lawn and all that shit. Right? Yep. I mean, it, it feels dumb, like like you said, you know, I used to be friends with someone who moved closer to me so we could hang out more often, even though he doesn't live that far from me in his old house. Um, but then we quit being friends. But even when we were friends, we would still never go to each other's houses. We would just message all the time. Like, this is so dumb. Like, why are we just messaging? But I mean, you know, things are weird now, though. You know, like, you know, back in the day, back in my day, we, you know, <laughs> when you wanted to meet someone, you just walked up and like, hey, I'm so-and-so. How's it going? But now right, it's like. Right you find someone on the internet, you click accept friend or send friend requests. You just hope they'll be your friend. So it's, it kind of works the same way. It's just, it's just weirder because you don't ever get to see the person. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's, that's kind of how we started being friends. Cause so I don't even remember who it was that showed me apex for the first time. I said, Holy shit, this is amazing. I need to be friends with this guy. And cause during the pandemic, like you mentioned, I wanted to try to be more productive with, you know, stuff that I'm working on. Right, right. And my timeline in social media was just full of just negative shit all the time. And I was like, I need to start putting like, like stuff that people are doing because I'm thinking if I fill my timeline with stuff, people are, people are actually working on it, doing stuff and not just filling the internet with, you know, the world sucks and everyone knows the world sucks, but you don't have to talk about it in social media because people go to social media to get away from the sucky stuff. Right, right. So, you know, I wanted to fill it full of positives. And so I started reaching out to all these different creators I thought were awesome. And you were one of those. So I'm like, Oh, please. I hope he bees my friend. I hope he'll be my friend. And so it's just, it's weird how you make friends nowadays, you know, it is, it is strange. Yeah. It is. It is really weird. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So back to what I was saying about that though. Uh, yeah. So he moved away. He moved, he's been on. I've seen him in forever. Um, but I love him. Yeah, he's awesome. And he's actually the one that got me into this hat brand because I have a huge head. It's mammoth headwear. And he oh, said so he said I swear found something. Yeah, he said I swear by these guys because they're perfect for big head dudes. And I've always had a problem with hats. I mean, I know you and I have talked that I want to get an apex hat, but they don't ever make them big enough. And so I finally found this one that it's on like it's a snapback and it's on like three snaps and it fits perfectly. It's so great. Anyway, yes, Garrett, you're amazing. We love you, and I, I promise I'll quit interrupting you now. Right. Oh, you're good. I think I, I think I was interrupting you. Um. But yeah. So, uh, yeah. So Garrett kind of Garrett kind of pushed me into this. Um, it's his fault. Um, and then I mean, all this time later, I mean, I still do oil painting. Um, I do these big, giant, um, huge alleyways. Um, I've kind of I've kind of like carved out my own little area. Of, you know, things I like to do. I do, uh, I used to do a lot of self portraits because it's kind of easy. Um, people tend to be a little weird about that because they're like, oh, you're just painting yourself because you're like, uh, what do you call it? Conceited or, you know, whatever, uh, which could be farther from the truth. But, uh, you just have that big, amazing beard that needs to be well, captured on, captured on canvas. You know, it's really easy to paint a beard. 
<laughs> and the rest of the face. So, you know, yeah. there's a lot of, um, a lot, a lot of people don't realize that it was really just kind of my way of cheating, um, where I could just paint like half of a face and then I just got this brown blob down here with a few little details in it. <laughs> um, that's awesome. I mean, that's, that's really all it really was. Is, uh, yeah. that, you know, uh, I've never painted myself without a beard. So, yeah. I mean, so I painted a few people, uh, done a few portraits of other people, uh, that turned out pretty good, uh, but I still think my best my best work is up my own face. Uh, that that kind of I've done you know it, probably twenty times at least. So yeah. And then uh, then yeah. So then I started uh, so when I started studying Japanese, uh, I was doing uh, painting classes at the at the local college too, um, just trying to learn color theory and that kind of thing, which is kind of where I'm at with comic books. So I'm just working as a colorist now. Uh, because it's just it's just natural for me to just you know color I guess so yeah for that and then uh, yeah I think that's 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 kind of a rambling way to say oh you're good you know all of the the kind of the origin story of my art career I guess so at one point did the did the writing come in um so writing came in so I did the uh, so I created Apex um, it was kind of born out of animosity. Uh, we had a, uh, I guess, I guess we could tell the story of Apex. Uh, I was going to do a collab with a guy locally here, and uh, it didn't really work out. He wanted to do his own thing. Uh, I was kind of more in a collaborative mindset where I kind of wanted to do something together. Uh, he kind of wanted to do his own thing, and that was fine. Uh, so that really didn't work out. So I was like, well, you know, I'm going to make my own thing then, because I don't want to do his thing. And since we're not making something together, I'm going to make my own thing. And uh, that's kind of how Apex was born. So I kind of was just doodling in my book, in my sketchbook, and I just drew this stupid owl that had a, actually, this was an iPad, I think. I just yeah. drew this stupid owl that had a sword, and I was like, you know, this owl's just going to kill everything. Like, and I just started writing a list of, like, you know, it was originally supposed to be kind of, like, tongue-in-cheek, like, Looney Tunes-ish, kind of, where, you know, it's just a stupid, overpowered owl. It's kind of like, I guess, you would call him a, like, one-punch man. You know, like, it's just okay. really overpowered. Um, yeah. goes to Tokyo, and there's this dinosaur attacking Tokyo, like you've seen in the comic book. And yeah. uh, he just cuts him in half and one-shots him, and that's it. That's the whole That's the whole thing, right? <laughs> um, and then I started this huge list of, like, all this all this shit that he could, like, cut in half. Like, that would be really funny. And this is where it was going to be a webtoon kind of thing, where it was once a week, I just, you know, have him murder something else. Um, <laughs> and, uh, it was so the next so I had this list and I mean I had all kinds of dumb shit. Construction workers uh, working on you know construction sites making noise, uh, Republicans, liberals, I mean the US the United States government, everybody and everything, right? There was nothing was like off limits. And then uh, I was like, you know what? Uh, or no, so then Garrett convinced me he's like, just make it a whole like comic book, right? So I'm like, well, I don't think that concept really translates into a comic book, right? I mean, it's not really, because it was kind of like a one-shot thing, right? Yeah. So I started writing a backstory for it. I just kind of, I didn't really know what the fuck I was doing. Um, right. So I started looking up ideas, trying to figure out you know, how you do it. And ultimately, I landed on uh, like screenwriting techniques and stuff like that. Uh, I'm just trying to look at, look at um, scripts for movies. Uh, for some reason, I don't know why I gravitated towards that. I, I could have, I guess, I could have looked at comic book scripts and read read through those. But uh, yeah. so I ended up looking at movie scripts. I'm like, well, this is how I'm gonna do it. So I just pretty much just copied everything they were doing. I'm just like, hey, this is this scene is what this is gonna be here, and we're gonna we're gonna have an establishing shot, and then we're just gonna do panel, 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 and just you know write the story for that. And then uh, yeah, sort of whole backstory about you know how he's. Cyberpunk so Owl created the lab, which that was kind of like, that was like kind of the beginning premise. Like he was, you know, created in lab. He's like a Ronin, right? He's like a, a samurai with no master, and uh, he learned the ways of a samurai after escaping from the That that part was always there, but it was never so fleshed out where it's like, oh, they're trying to get him. Like, oh, there's like all these other characters now, and like it, it just kind of uh, kind of took on a life of its own. Yeah. So I haven't written all the way to. Issue nine, where I just kill everybody and then end it. It's just, it's just gonna be the last book, it's just gonna be a bunch of black pages. <laughs> um, so when you're coming up with these ideas, like where 
where do you draw them from? I know you had kind of mentioned, you know, it's very Looney Tunish, very one punch man. Um, when you're, when you're coming up with stuff like this, like, where do you get the story ideas from, you know, how do you, how do you come up with all of this stuff? Oh, What's your process? Um, usually it starts with a doodle. I'll usually, uh, I usually have something by, nearby me to draw on. I usually have these, these uh, I get these like, uh, these little books. I have like these little, this, this is actually my, this is actually my food plan, but, uh, I'll just have, I'll just have like little doodles here. See if there's anything in this one here. I'll see if I can find this is, a, this is a new one. So there's anything here, but um, I just have like a little book here. I'll usually draw on, I'll take sticky notes. I'll write ideas down there. I, yeah, so in the middle of the night, I'll be laying there um, in bed and I'll think, oh man, pirate mermaids. And that, I think that's like the first the first one in the thread. I've been nice. doing this for like three or four years now. And I just yeah. throw it in there. And if I, you know, if I'm flipping through there, and I, I see it. And I'm, you know, feeling kind of creative that day. I might just pull that idea up and just, you know, play around with it and see if, you know, something happens with it. And if something happens with it, then I'm like, okay, that's cool. And if nothing does, it's just like, okay, you know, it's just kind of a, you know, an exercise in, in brainstorming and kind of that, that kind really? of thing. So, um, right. yeah, pretty, pretty much that's about it, I think. That's awesome. That's a good idea. Text messaging yourself. I actually, I used to keep a notebook and a pen next to the bed and I'd write something down and like you, I'd wake up like, what the hell was I thinking about the night before? But now, um, I have it just a, like a note app on my phone. If I come up with an idea, I'll just hurry and type it in. I still do the, what the hell the next day, but you know, at least it's there for you know whatever right. weird brain worm that comes out you know really weird ones are the ones where you've been up all night drinking and then i'm like <laughs> i mean that's what this yeah. thing is probably about right here i just wrote something about the x-files and it's like really sloppily written so i'm like yeah i probably wrote, wrote that after i had about eight beers or something like that you know <laughs> some of the best ideas come that way you never know right all right so um we've been talking a lot about apex it's time to talk more about Apex. For those who don't know, I mean, you kind of touched on it a little bit already, but for those who don't know or are unfamiliar with Apex, why don't we tell a little bit about, you know, who Apex is? Let me get my notes out because I always fuck this <laughs> up. All right, let's see. Okay. Where is it at? I'm, I'm super bad at talking about this. I, I know, like, by now, I've been working on this since uh, around 2017-ish. Mm. Um, you think I'd be pretty good at it by now? Um, I do okay at conventions. I have like a little line. I, I talk about, you know, how he fights uh, T-Rex, Switch, Lightsabers, Ninjas, you know, that kind of thing, just to kind of yeah. get, get the ideas in people's heads. But um, let me uh, let me pull up my uh, my notes here. This is... I know I know it sounds silly, but no, you're good. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk over my words here if I don't. You're good. So uh, I mean, exactly. I mean, to show secrets. If I didn't have an outline of stuff I was going to talk to you about, I would step all over myself too. So I have notes myself, so no big deal. Yeah, usually I don't I don't usually prepare for uh anytime I do an interview, I usually don't like prepare for it. And then I always feel like kind of nervous, but then I'm like, eh, I think it'll be fine. But this time I'm gonna read a little bit. So basically future Japan. Um, this was uh this kind of came on before I got into the um, you know, learning um Japanese stuff. Um so it's, it's set in the future Japan, um, cybernetic uh, samurai alley. Well, he's not a samurai yet. So he's a cybernetic owl and he's created in a lab as a weapon. And he's like the ultimate weapon. So basically he's like Mega Man where he can absorb the power of other things. So um, in, in kind of in that way. Uh, Mega Man's like my most favorite video game ever. So it's kind of like, you know, I kind of like that idea, right? Where he kind of absorbs the, the, the powers and stuff like that. So he kind of yeah. has a thing going on there with that. Um, and that's what makes him so powerful. And that's why, and he's he's one of a kind. He's a one of a kind weapon. So he turns on them, blows up the lab, and gets away. And then crash lands in the mountains, and this old man finds him. And this old man just happens to be like this samurai master that's been like in charge of protect, or formerly in charge of protecting the emperor and all this stuff for, you know, this organization that's been around for, you know, a thousand years or whatever. And uh, basically, he teaches Apex to be a samurai as and to be his like uh, what do you call it? his heir, I guess, to the to the thing. Yeah. And uh, I mean, he gets a little bit more backstory later. Um, and I don't remember which book it is now, but uh, I think that one's out. I think I'll have to, I'll have to look through. It's 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 kind of hard because I'm working on multiple things at the time, so I kind of forget. Like, okay, well, did I release that part of the story yet or not? I'm not sure. 
um, or am I still coloring that one, you know, or whatever, you know, <laughs> or is it still on the script? I don't, you know, it's yeah. hard to keep track sometimes, but, um, basically there's a little bit of backstory in him too, his family and, and the, um, his ties to, you know, the whole, his apex inspiration and all that. But, um, so basically these guys that created him, um, I call it project Doombird. It was just kind of, I, it was kind of the silly thing that was in the webtoon kind of thing. Um, and it's, it's still called that, but I don't really mention it in the books. It's kind yeah. of like a silly thing that I kind of kept in the script and stuff like that. Um, it just sounds like diabolical, right? Like, awesome. yeah, you know, totally. Because um, they make more than birds. I mean, they make dinosaurs and you know other like bird creatures. Um, there's the yeah. squirrels that the squirrels that have like the EMPs attached to them. Um, what else was there? Cybernetic raptors, more dinosaurs, I guess. Um, that kind of thing. So um, basically, they, these guys are after him. Obviously, they want to get their weapon back so they can take over the world. And um, Apex isn't about that. So they keep sending these, like, you know, these monsters into Tokyo and all over the place, you know, to lure him out. And, you know, he's got to fight them. And then, you know, obviously defeats the bad guys. And, you know, kind of, it's kind of a simple concept. That's very awesome. Um, and you... I've had this going for a little while. Your current Kickstarter right now is for the collected for the first three issues, I think is what it was. Yeah. So it's volume one is uh, issues one through three. Um, it's how I originally wrote it. Um, I originally wrote it as one gigantic book. I just didn't know when to stop. So obviously I was, you know, brand new to writing at the time. And I'm like, I don't know when to stop this. So I just kept going. I just kept going. And then eventually I had like a 96 something page script. I mean, I, that's a pretty good sized book for, um, for your first book. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. I started getting, um, I started having Brian do the pages and I'm like, there's no way this is ever coming out in any kind of a timely manner. So I, and then I decided, well, we're going to split in three, three books. So a little bit of tweaking to the script and, um, ended up three books. And now finally, after so many odd years, I guess it's been six years now. Um, I'm releasing the first volume of Apex Cybernetic Samurai L. So, and it's kind of intended form, which is kind of exciting to me because I actually haven't seen it in that form. Um, I, I just ordered a proof from the printer because I am super excited to see it because um, it was kind of like my original vision was like, just have a big old, huge, fat book. So yeah. um, I think it's going to be really cool. Um, I'm really excited for it. It's on Kickstarter right now um, and it's actually doing really well. So yeah, three hours you funded? Yeah, it was, it's yeah three hours. So I've, I've been experimenting with Kickstarter because I'm not really sure. Um, I haven't had a campaign fail yet. Yeah. But I every time I every time I uh, do a Kickstarter, I try to you know make it a learning experience. So this time I set the goal really low because I kind of wanted to see how that affects the algorithm, how it affects you know um, backer counts and stuff like that. So far, it's going pretty good. Um, I think I'm about. I think it's about the same as it's been every single time. Um, so it's kind of hard to see if there's any differences yet or not. I won't know until the end, but yeah. every time I try to do something a little different, to see what see what happens. So we started at a five hundred dollar goal this time, just to see see what what could happen. Next time I'm gonna do like a two week campaign and see what happens with that. Um, every time I've so far I've done three week campaigns. So my next campaign will be for something else. It'll be a uh, for blue heart emoji. I don't know if you've seen my stuff for that, but oh, I have. I was gonna ask you about that here coming up in a little bit. Maybe I'll give you some. Maybe I'll give you some spoilers. Um, so uh, so for that, maybe I'll do. I'm gonna do an ash can for that. Um, I got a lot of stuff coming in for that right now. Brian's helping me with layouts um, for the pages, just to kind of, just to keep me in line. I just can't. I just don't have the focus to like draw. You know, do all the stuff. I just got a book from a from my friend Kenneth Rockport. He does a book called Broken, and he does everything from start to finish, the whole entire thing. And I'm just like. I don't have the focus for that. Um, but uh, what was I saying about Apex? Oh, the campaign. So next time I'm going to try to run a two-week campaign for Blue Heart Emojis, Ash Can, and see how, see how it goes. Because right now I'm kind of in that slump area in the Kickstarter. And it's just kind of a, it's just kind of a weird place where I'm just kind of like, okay, I'm, I'm yelling into the void. People come look at my stuff. And it's like, nobody's coming to look at my stuff because it's not like brand new like it was last week, you know? So... It's kind of a weird, weird place to be. But then next week it'll be like back to like the first week where it's like all of a sudden everybody's like, hey, I gotta get that before it ends, you know? No. So I'm kind of thinking maybe if I go two weeks, maybe that middle week will just be like a smaller period of time. Maybe. You know, I, I don't know. 
I have no idea. So that's hard to say. Experimenting a lot with that kind of stuff and um, seeing. So this is my sixth Kickstarter, and it's it's going well. So um, I don't see any reason why not. It's just keep experimenting and just see, you know, what what makes these things go. You know. And have you had any? I mean, I know a lot of creators they run into issues depending on what time of year they launch. Have you had any kind of issue with that? Because I know you're you don't because I've been I'm pretty sure I've been a backer on all of your campaigns. Um, and you don't really seem to have a like a certain time of year. You usually kind of come out whenever. Have you noticed any kind of an issue with with time of year? Um, I don't think so. I think I I think pretty much for the most part I've had a pretty large amount of success whenever I launch them. Um, yeah. I think this time of year is my typical time. It's kind of in this ballpark area. I was going to launch one in November this year and I had like five other creators just like in my inbox, like, don't do it, man. It's a trap. It's, it's, it's not good. And I'm like, is it? And, you know, as you know, the consensus was, you know, from so many people individually coming at, coming at me at the same time, I'm like, okay, maybe that's a bad idea. So um, I'll probably take that advice, you know, especially when it's not just one person, it's like five different people that aren't even affiliated with each other. Just like saying, don't yeah. do it. So um, November, I guess is a bad time to run a Kickstarter campaign, I guess. Um, yeah. I've, I've heard that usually between like mid-October and November, just because people are trying to get ready for the holidays. That's just what I've heard. I don't have any experience myself. That's just stuff I've heard from other people. I mean, I would guess that's probably, probably the case. Uh, football season, um, you got you got the playoffs starting. Um, people are uh, traveling for the holidays, buying their kids Christmas presents, stuff like that. So yeah, I mean, why not buy Hanukkahs for Christmas? Right? I mean, it's right I mean you have lot you usually have lots of fun stuff with your campaigns um and i was just telling jackie about it here a little bit ago um what do you have i know usually like i said you usually have something specific to each campaign do you have anything special for this current campaign so for this one i pulled out so i had um so you know you're familiar with the coins i did actually have i am right here so these coins here let's see here uh, which ones do I, have? I have three and then i have the purple purple where's my camera not hard to see there, but um, these coins here, they're just collector's coins that I, I've done with every campaign. I've done, I've done a set of coins and I've, I've given, I've given them away for various, um, various little perks uh, for the first campaign. It was like a timed thing um, just to try to get people in, you know, that first day. Uh, I think I might have did that for the second one. I think the second and third one I did, it was the first 75 backers. I think. Yeah. Uh, I think that's when you came on, right? You were in the first, did you, you have the first coin, right? I, I I'll have to double check, but I'm pretty sure I have all of them. Okay, do you have? Let's see. Do you have this one? Do you have that one right there? I'll have to double check. I don't remember. So, um, <laughs> I'll have I to so anyway, so I have three, uh, three for the for this set for the first uh, thing. So so far there's five. I don't know where my fifth one is. I have four of them here, but so far there's five coins. Each book has a coin, and I'm gonna continue to do that throughout the series because I started doing it. And now I gotta follow through, right? So um. I have, every time I order my order, I have to order a minimum amount. So I always have a little bit of extra. And I didn't want to like sell them at a convention and be like, hey, you know, I got these Kickstarter coins, you know, like you want to buy one? Like I kind of felt like I'd be shorting the Kickstarter people that were like, hey, these were exclusive to Kickstarter. What the, what the hell are you doing selling them at a con? No, that's bullshit. Um, so I've been trying to think of a way to get, get them to people because I know there's people that have messaged me and said, I missed the coins, that sucks. And I'm like, well, I'm not selling them outside of the Kickstarter campaign because that wouldn't be fair to people who bought them during the Kickstarter campaign. So um, as soon as I have an idea for what I'm going to do with them, I'll let you know. And um, this is what I did. So when I, I came out with the uh, volume one, I was like, well, I don't want to create a new coin for the thing. Let's see how many sets of these I have. So I have I had like 20 sets left over. Um, I sent some some to Brian um, and Justin, the artists, and the letter for for the book. Um, so they'd have some, and then uh, I have five left over, or twenty about twenty sets left over. And I'm like, well, I don't need to keep any for myself. Like people want these things, they can have them. So I just put them up as an add-on for the um, thing. I kind kind of um, I kept this campaign really simple. I just wanted it to be about the books. Um, and then since I had the coins, I was like, well, we can put them as an add-on. People want them, they can buy them. If they don't want them, they don't have to. They don't got to get them. There's no tier with the with the coins. It's just an add-on afterwards. Yeah. Um, and then I just got this campaign about the book. Um, 
I got a hardcover and softcover edition. And I didn't do any like weird like stuff where you like get prints for stretch goals, uh, stickers, pins, buttons, um, mini action figures, nothing like that. Um, for, for two reasons. Um, one, it makes my life a little bit easier because I don't have all this stuff coming in at me from every direction yeah. you know, um, to keep tabs on. Because I mean, sometimes it's kind of, sometimes it gets a little overwhelming when you have, you know, well, where's that print at? Why is that not here? Um, where are the pins at? Why are the pins, you know, have shipped or whatever, you know? So it gets a little tedious sometimes with that. And um, so that saves me a little bit of a headache, but also it just, um, I back a lot of Kickstarters. I think I'm almost up to 200 now. And I have a whole stack of books over here. And then on this, my shelf over here, I have a whole stack of prints, buttons, um, just stuff that I don't really have a place for. Yeah. Um, and I just, it's, 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 it's cool that I have that stuff, but at the same time, I'm just kind of like, what am I supposed to do with all this stuff? You know, as it accumulates, you know, it's, it's yeah. getting to the point where it's like, I'm just getting all this extra stuff all the time and I don't know what to do with it. So I was kind of thinking maybe other people are feeling the same way. So I was like, let's make it about the books. We'll do all the stretch goals. We're just going to improve the book. Let's, cause that's why you're here, right? You're here to get the book, right? So Right. If stretch goal is about making the book better, then everybody wins, right? So yeah. we get a better product. So that's that's kind of where I'm at with that. So yeah, that's cool. I was telling, like I was telling Jackie that you know you, the coins are really awesome. And I think for most of the campaigns you did just do, if you're in this, like within the first so many backers, you'll get a coin. And I have to double check now because I thought I had all of them, but maybe I don't. Uh I do have quite a few of them. Um, and I told him about the action figures the one time he did them. I ended up did getting one of the action figures. I it's not a painted one, but I got one of them. Um, and I I was gonna mention that you had statues the one time. So I could imagine that um having all the extra stuff is probably just crazy. Yeah. So this is a little clear one right here. Yeah, these were yeah, these were pretty cool. These were um I I the guy who designed this for me, I, I reached out to him after the campaign. He did an excellent job um snaking those. But um, I had him make them make them based off of um, the stats, like the um, the cover art for book three. Yeah. Um, if you if you remember, he's just kind of standing there on that pile of rock, yeah. just like looking off into the distance. And this design is, as I almost break it, prove myself, prove my point here. <laughs> um, it's just got it's really it's really brittle on the uh, on the points here. With yeah. The, like, to the the base, and I had such a pain in the ass. Um, shipping these things um, oh, I had people people stuff show up broken um i didn't really know how to pack them it was kind of like I, I wrapped them in bubble wrap and then i and then i put them in a box and then i wrapped the box in bubble wrap and some of them still got their broken so eventually i um anybody whose stuff got broken i i had to hand carve styrofoam with a with a with a um with a holy razor blade holy cow and hand packaged these things so that they wouldn't show up broken. And it was so tough. Um, yeah, it, it, it kind of, it kind of killed me for a minute there. I was kind of like, man, this is, a bet. Lot. You know, but I mean, you know, people pay for something they expect to get it a certain way. So if, if that's the way it's going to go, then I'm going to, you know, make sure that they get it that way. That's, yeah, you know, that's the way I'm going to be about it. Um, but it was a tough, it was a tough uh, time shipping though. It was kind of crazy. So I have a redesign for that. That's gonna be way cooler. Um, that I haven't done anything with yet. I I actually started printing it in my in my garage, and um, never finished printing the um, the model. But it's way cooler. It's um way more sturdy, secure, and um we'll see how that one goes. So. Nice. I missed out on that last one, and it sounds like it's okay that I missed because it sounds like it was a headache. So I'll definitely be watching out for the next one. Definitely. That's cool. Um. So. After this current Kickstarter is over, you know, what's what's next on the docket? You kind of had mentioned Blue Heart Emoji a little bit. Um, are we going to get more uh, Apex down the line, too? I would assume we probably are. So, yeah, so Apex is, um, is I plan Apex out completely from start to finish for the whole series. So that um, that one's going to end at issue nine. So I'm doing three, um, three separate arcs that are three issues apiece. Um, currently, right now, I'm coloring issue the issue six so lunar eclipse three which is the last part of the second arc yeah um, and then the next arc um will be starting uh next year 
So right now, I think roughly, I think Brian's got about half the pages in for for issue six. I'm working on the colors for those, and then I'll send them off to Justin, obviously, when I'm done with those, and then he'll get those. So I think early next year, we're going to see a Kickstarter release for issue six. And then uh, Blue Heart, nice. I was just kind of trying to figure out, uh, this year just kind of got away from me. It's yeah. already September. It's kind of weird. Right. Like, it's super crazy. Like I'm like yeah. I'm like all year to like do all the stuff, and I'm like, yeah, it's already September. Like, what the hell happened to the year? Yeah, like the whole summer just blew by. I know we got we got three months left, and that's it, right? October. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty it. Much, pretty much. So 2023 is gone. So uh, blue heart emoji. I'm working on that. Brian's been doing layouts um, and page uh, page layouts for me. So I've been just, I've been illustrating that one myself. Um, with his help um, doing layouts and that's going okay it's going pretty good um i do i find myself sometimes doing what i used to do which is you know do a drawing and then hate it get rid of it um try not to do that so much kind of have a little more confidence in my ability to actually draw so it's it's going okay i'm hoping to have an ash can ready by the end of the year and then we'll see what I'm trying to fit that a, really, a Kickstarter release in for that sometime between the next kicks, between the next books, uh, Apex books. Yeah. Because um, Apex 6 is going to come out at the early next year. And then I'll probably do Blue Heart Emoji right after that. And then go right back into Apex and hopefully finish that. Hopefully finish that um, sooner rather than later. It's a, it, it's a, it's my very first project and it's massive. I don't know. Um, I don't, I don't know how I got, how it got so big. Yeah, that's crazy. And I, I can't believe you only have nine issues. That seems like it, as a very avid reader of the story, it doesn't feel like it's already, you know, it doesn't feel like we're already five in. It feels like it's way more than that. Right. Yeah. And well, that's how I feel too. And I'm just, because I'm constantly back, back and forth between, I'm working on, um, I'm writing the script for seven, eight, nine right now. And then I'm also coloring six. But then I'm currently like on my desk right here. I'm looking at the fifth one. You know, it's <laughs> it's, it's kind of um, it's kind of hard to keep the continuity in my head. So I'm constantly yeah. go back and like make sure I'm on the right track. Yeah. And with it, it's kind of weird. Um, I never thought that would be like an, an issue until now. I'm like five issues in, and I'm like, whoa, wait, did that just happen in this book? Did that happen in that one? I can't remember now. Yeah. You know? And when I say it, it feels like way more books, that's definitely a good thing because it's. I, 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 it's hard to believe it's only going to be nine books because you really could take that so many different ways. There's always a possibility I might do like a one shot, like um, a couple one shots, like origin stories for like side characters, something like that that really didn't get fleshed out in the, um, in the main story. I've always kind of thought that that might be kind of a cool thing. Like the old man, he doesn't get a lot of screen time, I guess, you know, throughout, right. throughout the first thing for um, he, he um, meets unfortunate happenings, but um, yeah. You know, I, you know, he's, he, um, I, I, I didn't actually think, you know, in my head, he's, he was, he was there for a lot longer than he was. Right. I look at the book and I'm like, uh, he wasn't really there for that long. He's kind of disappeared. Yeah. Me. So, so that's kind of what I'm saying was, you know, it feels like there's so many more books, like you said, cause it feels like he was there for a long time, but he really wasn't. Right. Right. Yeah. So there's that. And then, uh, with blue heart emoji, it's just, um, I kind of wanted to take a different approach because like, I, I want to illustrate comic books. No. Um, but I'm just not, I'm, I'm a better painter than an illustrator at this point. So I'm trying to like, you know, get myself to just go, just do it, right? Just, I mean, we're all going to die someday. Just do the thing, right? Yeah. So that's kind of kind of where I'm at with that. I'm just like, I'm just going to do this damn thing. Like, I'm just going to make this book. And uh, I just wanted to, um, I was just doodling this frog guy one day. I'm like, this frog guy would look super cool with a beard. And then I'm like, I was like, oh, he's going to be a Scottish frog with a beard. And um, I was just drawing. And uh, I was like, I think a beard looks kind of weird on a frog. So that's where the big, huge hood, like the fur hood came from. Okay, that makes sense. Massive fur hood, because it makes, I don't know, to me, in my brain, it makes more sense that, like, you wouldn't have a frog with a beard. But then again, you would have a frog wearing a jacket, leather jacket that has this big fur hood and a kilt, right? True, yeah. Um, that's what it ended up being, so... I thought the frog looked weird with the beard. I think maybe not so much the beard, but the beard looks fine. But like we start putting a mustache on a character that has like a long like mouth, it starts looking looking strange to me. So that's fair. 
So I was like, you know, I'm going to just give you this big fur hood. It's going to look cool. And uh, I've always been in love with that silhouette, too. Um, yeah. It's kind of um, like Afro Samurai. I don't know if you've ever seen Afro Samurai. Yeah. It's got that really big Afro and it just kind of goes everywhere when he's like doing things and stuff. <laughs> and um, Chamber from Generation X, the comic book. Um, he's got that, you know, flaming, flaming thing coming out of his chest and then it wraps around his head. And it's you know fire going everywhere and shit. Um, yeah. What other characters? The old man from my from uh, Apex issues one and two. He's got the same thing going with the big hair. And yeah. The place. Um, I really like that. I don't know. I don't know why, but it's like probably my most favorite thing ever. Um, I, I don't know why, but it's just a really it just gives a really cool like look. So that's where he got kind of got his design cues from. And um, yeah, I just wanted to write a fantasy story. You know, something set in like a it's kind of set in in the real world, but it's kind of not really alluded to the real. So, like the Highlands, it's called the Highlands, even though yeah. it's Scotland, right? And it's kind of a play on words. Um, the Highlands is kind of a place in Scotland, but it's not um, called Scotland, right? Right. So, and it's this floating island up in the sky. Um, I know it's really annoying to me because if you're familiar with the New Zelda game, mm-hmm. you know, there's like all these floating islands. I'm like, no. I didn't come out with my thing before they came out with their thing. And I didn't know that was happening. And now this is happening. I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going with it anyway. So That's uh, fair. basically he's just a hero. He's, he's on a mission. Um, you know, there's a, uh, there's an ancient evil that, you know, awakened in, in, in their, in their city and their, in their kingdom. And um, his father sends him to go, his father, the king sends him to go um, get this weapon that they used to defeat the evil. So it's kind of, it kind of follows that same trope as other, you know, fantasy stories like Zelda and those kinds of things, uh, yeah. fantasy and that stuff. And um, but the difference with this one is that he actually fails. So he comes back and um, accidentally is the reason why the evil actually gets unleashed. So oh, um, so now he's got to go save save the world. And um, there's you know obviously other characters in there that um that have uh significance to the story too, but um. That's kind of kind of thing that's kind of based. Everything happens because he failed. So, um, it's kind of a, kind of an interesting story. It goes a little deeper into you know um, how he feels about that, and you know how the other characters feel about it, and that kind of thing. So, I think it's a little more of a deeper, um, more of a deeper writing experience, at least for me, where I'm kind of you know building characters more than just like you know writing action scenes, I guess. Yeah, it's, it's it's kind of a, a step in a different direction for me as a writer. I mean, really, you're still kind of doing world building. You're just doing it in a different way than you do with Apex, which is perfectly right. fine because not every story is going to call for the same recipe. You know, I mean, one story will work better doing it, you know, kind of fly by the seat of your pants. You create the character and then you kind of just branch everything off off after you get the character. But, you know, with it seems like with um blue heart emoji it seems like you're really taking the time to build the world which is cool because i'm very i mean every little bit more that you share of it it's it makes me more excited to read it every time i see you post on social media i'm like oh man i'm so stoked for this book just because it looks so incredible so i'm it it just makes it even that much better i'm very excited i'm really excited for it yeah let me see um if i can find brian sends me these um these layouts and it's always just so cool um one so on one of these things I want to put in the in the Apex um, Volume One is I had uh, when I originally started drawing pages for Apex I thumbnailed the entire first section of the book and when I when I hired Brian obviously those those ideas got scrapped because he was going to be drawing the book I drew all these thumbnails out and when he started handing me pages I'm like these are like almost like exactly what I was you know envisioning when I when I wrote this out. Right. And um, turn in some pretty amazing stuff. So that's going to be in the in the Apex book. But he sends me these awesome, uh, these awesome things. I don't know if I can. Let me see if I can figure out a way to share. Can I share? Can I share my screen on here? I guess I can show you something here. Let me pull up Photoshop here. Um, open. My computer was doing some weird stuff earlier today, so I kind of lost my recent um, stuff. So you've seen, um, let me go share screen. Oh, I can't share screen on here. Um, well, I can't share it with you. I'll, I'll, I'll show, I'll show you, I'll show you later on when we're off, when we're off camera. Okay. 
Um, but yeah, he just sends me these amazing like layouts, and I'm like, man, this is just so cool. I can't wait to just get in there and just start drawing these things. So I've been bouncing around from page to page. I'll do a panel on page one and then go back to page 10 and do a panel there and just kind of bouncing around because sometimes it's like drawing a head seven times kind of gets kind of old. So I'm like, okay, well, I'll draw yeah. here and then I'll go over here and draw this like thing, you know, where he's cut this thing in half or whatever. But um, yeah, so. That's kind of that's kind of what he or not apex but that's kind of what blue heart emojis about it's kind of a love story too i mean it's kind of um there's a little bit of that that kind of thing in there there's uh as much of a love story as i can write i mean i don't know it's kind of kind of weird but um there there's there's a little bit of a little bit of a love story element to it and um you know the hero that you know the real hero of the story isn't really really who you would think it's going to be um and it's gonna be a little smaller in scope than apex because apex has kind of gotten so big to me um, I've already been working on it for six years. Yeah. And, um, as much as I love it, I'm ready to, you know, do other stuff too. And um, just kind of branch out and, you know, do other things as well. That's um, fair. Because I have so many ideas, you know, and if, if, yeah. if Apex is going to take me 10 years to finish, then I better hurry up and, you know, get going on some other stuff too, you know? Yeah, for sure. And then, uh, yeah, what else? Yeah, <laughs> that's perfect. So what we can do is um, we'll wrap things up and we'll say for final thoughts, um, what's a bit of advice you'd give to up and coming creatives? Um, there is no one way to do things. Um, I think that early when I started, I think it was kind of uh, the, one of my biggest hangups and one of my biggest um roadblocks, I guess I would say, is um, I was just really looking for some way to some like road roadmap on like how to do stuff. And there is no way, I mean, there's no roadmap for any of this stuff. I mean, everybody right. who's doing it um, is doing it their own way. And they're just grabbing, you know, bits and pieces of stuff from everybody else and um, making their own way. So for me, it's for me, my way is um, I I really enjoy concept art. I don't know if you like notice like with my with my character sheets, like I'm yeah. super into like doing the turnarounds, doing the sword design, doing the character design, really drawing out every little detail about the character, and then you know putting it together in a presentable way where you can look at it and go, oh, this is fucking cool, right? Yeah. And then and then um, going from there, so I have something to look at when I'm drawing or whatever or writing or something like that, and um. Yeah, and then writing scripts. I mean, like I said earlier, I I went to screenwriting um, stuff before I even thought about going to comic book scripts. And I mean, still, I don't think I've seen very many comic book scripts other than my own, and maybe you know a few sample scripts from a couple other people that sent me stuff for um, for freelance work. You know. Yeah. Um, and then just just practice, I guess. Too. I mean, practice is the key. I don't spend nearly enough time practicing as I should. Um, sometimes I feel like I'm just skating by. It's like, oh yeah, I'll just, you know, just I'm just doing this today and I'll just practice tomorrow. But like the other day I drew 500 heads in this uh, sketchbook. And all I did was draw the skeleton like the other head, like not the, not the, not like a skull, but like the the skeleton head because I, I was having a hard time drawing the other day and I couldn't seem to get the head right on this drawing I was doing. So like, you know, I'm just gonna go back basic fundamentals and just start drawing heads like you know the, the the base and the head and um that's it just practice i mean nobody's immune to that needing to practice you know so. yeah for sure all right so you know where can we find you on social media where can we find the kickstarter let's give you a chance now to to plug whatever you want to plug uh kickstarter is um well i guess we can just put the link with the article um but it's yeah I, kenny aiken um kenny aiken art on instagram facebook uh twitter i guess x now um where else am i um i'm starting i'm getting a web store finally um i'm still building it um uh, my label is going to be moonfire lab i don't know if you've seen my seen my um stuff but I've, that's moonfire awesome lab is my label um, all my comic book stuff from um, here on out to be branded with that. Um, that's going to be my, my store. So moonfirelab.com. The domain's there. There's just nothing there yet. Um, and that's where all my comic book stuff's going to be. And maybe some of my oil originals too will be on there. I don't know. Oh, that'd be cool. 
we'll we'll see we'll see about that but uh so moonfirelab.com is gonna be my website and merch too merch and everything yeah so um whatever, that's, a sweet, whatever. that's a sweet t-shirt yeah this shirt shirt came out pretty good so this is kind of a test shirt and um i got hats too so i got the little moonfire lab thing on there so that's sick dude yeah. It's, uh, it took me a long time to come up with that because I was really indecisive about what I wanted my company to be called. So I'm like, eh, I don't know. So. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. All right. So um, I'll go ahead and we'll hurry and wrap up just in case your internet decides to hate you again. Yeah, um, You're good. Uh, so you can find this interview when it's ready. All other sorts of geeky, good, new, geeky, nerd, goodness on our website at geek-network.com geeks az on twitter and instagram geek network on facebook i am cd is weird on instagram the music for the shows by polygon horizon uh, my friend chris is in that band it's a great band go check them out on Bandcamp. uh the logos for the show are by my friends chris chandler and mike belcher chris is a great comic book writer mike is a great writer slash artist go to check them out on instagram and twitter and if you like the show please leave a review and tell your friends because word of mouth is our friend and remember, kids, to embrace the things that fuel your weird and always geek responsibly. Kenny, thanks so much for spending some time with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me on. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. Anytime. <laughs>